0: Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org, or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm excited that you're here. And we are in the middle of a series that I started a few weeks ago on the armor of God. This week, we're going to look at the fourth piece of the armor of God that the Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 the shield of faith. I think it's interesting that the first three pieces of the armor Paul mentions, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of peace are ones that we put on and they stay put. If you really think about that, I mean, the belt of truth, you buckle it and it stays in place. You put on the breastplate of righteousness, you fasten it, it stays in place. You put on your shoes of peace, you strap them, you buckle them, they stay in place. But as we read from Ephesians chapter six and verse 16, we're instructed to take up the shield of faith. Let me read it for you. And this is out of the New Living or I'm sorry, the New International Version. So depending on what translation of the Bible you read, it may not include this word, but I I just found that this was so interesting and it just really stood out to me. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the shield of faith. I think that it's telling us we're responsible for lifting it up. In other words, it's only effective if we lift it up, which tells me that there's a preparedness and a readiness on our end that we're called to have. If you've been following along in this series, you know we've been following the Apostle Paul's example and looking at the Roman soldier to better understand what each piece of the armor meant for him. From there, I've been teaching on how to apply that to us as we engage in spiritual battles. And I'm going to continue that way of teaching uh, in this week's episode as well. So let's look at the Roman soldier. For that Roman soldier, the shield was very large, slightly curved and rectangular in shape. It's suggested that it was three and a half feet tall by three feet wide and weighed about 22 pounds. Now, there's some differing opinions about the exact measurements, but everywhere that I've looked this up, they kind of are right around these measurements. Some say it's it was only like 2 feet wide versus 3 feet wide but i mean you know i mean do we really need to argue about that it's kind of like splitting hairs we can we can all agree that this was a large piece of armor for the roman soldier i mean if you think about that he was getting like full body protection pretty much with with that that shield i mean it was covering a large portion of his body and so when we when we really understand how, how big this piece of his armor was, we really begin to understand that this was a powerful piece of his armor to be able to protect him and engage in battle. It offered the soldier the ability to deflect arrows or other objects thrown their way. On the front of the shield, there was a large knob-type thing positioned in the middle. This knob allowed soldiers to shove enemies if they were close enough as to sort of stun them, which allowed the soldier to follow through with their attack. So this knob type thing was a part of the shield. It wasn't something that was removable. It was like Created, It was like part of the shield. It was like in position. It didn't move. It didn't shift. It wasn't something that they could take off and put back on. It was a part of the shield. We also understand that it wasn't just one lone soldier fighting in a battle, but an entire army sometimes they needed to close ranks and form what is referred to as a tortoise formation. So I want to just kind of paint this picture for you so that you can get a really great imagery in your mind of what this looked like. So we all know what a turtle looks like, a tortoise, and that they have a really thick and hard shell. We know that it protects like the the top of them, and then it kind of goes over the sides of their body, and they can you know sort of tuck their head in to also protect that part of their body. So when you think about how the Roman soldiers would close rank and form a tortoise type formation when they needed to to perform this or to do this or kind of close ranks, what they would do was. Like the the people that were in the middle of the army, they would, you know, kind of kneel down and they would put their shields up as to create a shield above everybody. And then the people on the outside of the army, they would also close ranks and then they would put their shield facing outward so that they were protected really on all sides. And so when you think about that tortoise formation, I mean, it's really creating a really powerful defense line against arrows and other things that were being thrown against them. And it was protecting them as a whole. I mean, really like, you know, having one another's back and we're going to unpack all of these different things and apply them to our faith that I think is really going to embolden you to take up your shield of faith. And as we look at this army in the Roman soldier and how they closed ranks to, to kind of protect one another, that is going to be such a powerful teaching tool as the, uh, as we unpack that in the body of Christ. But let's look at how faith is defined in the Bible, looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one. It says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Wow. I love that. That scripture is so deep. I think that somebody could do like an entire series just on that alone. In the original Greek language, the word faith here is defined as firm belief. When we look at that verse in Hebrews 11, verse one, it reads, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I think sometimes people want proof before they will believe in something faith related. It's kind of human nature to want to see it before they believe it. But in God's ways, we're called to believe before we see it or believe without seeing it. I mean, Yeah, we understand that that's human nature, but as people of faith, we are called to engage our faith and believe God without having to see like the proof of it, you know, to see the like the tangible I can hold it in my hands type of proof. For example, salvation. I don't know about you, but when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, nobody sent me a certificate in the mail that I could hold in my hand or frame and hang on my wall as proof that I was born again. I mean, you know, heaven doesn't have a, doesn't have a post office that sends these types of things out, right? We take it by faith that God says in His word that if we confess with our mouth and we confess the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, We are born again. We are saved and our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We have to engage our faith to believe that what we see in the Bible is true, right? And another example, forgiveness. When we follow through with what 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. We have to engage our faith and believe without seeing, quote unquote, the proof of that. He's not sending us a receipt from from the heavens heavenly post office, right? We have to engage our faith that tells us and believes God you said that if I do my part and I come to you with a humble contrite a uh, repentant heart and I I genuinely repent of my sins you will be faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. I have to engage my faith to believe that I am forgiven. And it it also requires us to engage our faith to believe that he is everything that he says that he is. For an example, God is our provider. One of the names that he refers to himself as is is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Well, it's kind of human nature to, to say, I'll believe that that's true, When I see that need met, when I get that check in the mail, when that happens, when that door opens or when that breakthrough happens, and it doesn't work that way, God says, I want you to believe me before you see it. Believe that I am who I say I am. Believe that I am faithful, that I've never failed before and I'm not about to start now. Faith is anchored in absolute truth, and because it's not seen, it also has an element of trust to it. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. The Lord, your God is your great shield, your protector and your defender. Raise your shield of faith and stand in the faithfulness of your God to shield, to protect, to defend you, to provide for you, to rescue you, to deliver you. Trust that he is at work in your life. Believe for that breakthrough before you see it. Because of the shield of faith, we're able to be resolute and immovable people. First Peter chapter five verses seven through nine, says this, "Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober." Be be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse nine, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, I want to read it out of the amplified version because the wording is a little bit different. And I think that it will just further reinforce what we're talking about here. "'Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him. "'For He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. "'Be well-balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times.'" For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Verse 9, Withstand him, be firm in faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. I want to go back to verse seven. It says that God cares for you and he is watchful over you. He's keeping watch over you while you sleep at night, he's watching you. He's keeping watch over you. He takes the night watch. He never sleeps. He never slumbers, the Bible, t- the Bible says. He is taking watchful care over you. But I want to go back to verse 9. Withstand him, be firm in the faith against his onset. We're talking about the enemy here. Be rooted Established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. Because of the shield of faith, we are able to be resolute and immovable people. Our shield of faith is what deflects the fiery arrows fired our way. Arrows of fear, doubt, worry, anxiousness, lies, that God isn't going to come through for you, that God doesn't care about you, that God is against you, that he's mad at you, that, that he doesn't love you, or that he's changed his mind about you. Whatever arrow is being aimed and fired at you, Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 17 assures us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Note it says that they will be formed they just won't prosper. So again, you've heard me say in this series that, you know, faith isn't denying reality. We don't put our heads in the sand. We have to understand, we have to be alert, we have to be prepared and ready and understand that there will be a weapon formed against us, but they will not prosper. Remember I mentioned the knob-like thing on the front of the Roman soldier's shield and how they used it? When we take up the shield of faith, We can resist the devil, his schemes and arrows fired at us. We can push him back. We can push him back and be people who say with immovable faith, Not today, devil, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not on my watch. I am a person who is awakened in my faith. I'm aligned to kingdom principles and I'm activated in the calling of God upon my life. It requires faith to step out and follow the Lord, to be involved in what he's doing on the earth. The more we reach higher in our faith and pursue God, we will be attacked. Satan will attack because he does not want you to reach higher in your faith. He does not want you to pursue God. He doesn't want you to be all in. He doesn't want you to live a life of surrender and be all in to God. He doesn't want you to be a worshiper. He doesn't want you to to be a person of prayer. He doesn't want you to be a person of faith. He doesn't want you to grow and be emboldened in your faith. He doesn't want you to be a part of the body of Christ. He doesn't want you to, to pursue the things that God has called you to do. He doesn't want you to be activated in the in the God-given gifts and purposes that, that are planted on the inside of you. Why? because you're a threat to his agenda. And so if you're feeling opposed and resisted in your faith, step back a little bit and ask yourself, why is that? You must be on the right track. Keep going, sister. Recall how I described the Roman soldiers would close ranks to create a tortoise type formation. This is a powerful picture of what happens when we come together as the body of Christ and together raise our shields of faith. I want to go back and emphasize a word there, together, together we raise our shields of faith because it's not just my spiritual battle. And it's not just your spiritual battle; it is our spiritual battle. Yet the enemy wants to divide us by us throwing stones at one another and having arguments and and you know just all of these different things and being offended at one another. It causes division, yes, but you know what? It also creates distraction because then we're focused on one another, and not who the real enemy is. We are called to be emboldened together, immovable together, encouraged together, spurred on stronger and contending in the faith together. In the book of Daniel, which is in the Old Testament, chapter 3, We read a really powerful story about three men who were really strong and immovable in their faith. Man, if you don't know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they were tossed into the fiery furnace, that is a really powerful chapter of the Bible. The whole, I mean, of course, Genesis to Revelation is is really powerful. Of course, I encourage you to read the entirety of the Bible, but as I'm kind of wrapping this week's episode up and I'm looking at Daniel chapter three, this chapter emboldens me in my faith. And it it just really reinforces, I think, what we're talking about in this week's episode. In that chapter of Daniel chapter three, we see three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we see King Nebuchadnezzar. He was this, this man, he was the ruler. And I'm paraphrasing all this because I don't have time to read the entire chapter. That's why I'm encouraging you to read it and allow the Spirit of God to speak to you and to show you things that he wants you to know and and to better understand. But King Nebuchadnezzar put them in a fiery furnace for their refusal to bow down and compromise their faith. Yet they stood strong and said this in response to their situation in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, it is not necessary for us to answer you on this point. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up man, they stood strong and they just had such an emboldened faith that was anchored in the faithfulness of their God. And when I look at those verses, I see men who were, like I said, immovable in their faith. And when I read that, I think, you know what, they're saying, even if, even if we believe that our God can rescue us from this, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't we're not going to bow down we're not going to compromise we're not going to be we're not going to be moved and swayed by your threats we're not going to be we're not going to compromise our faith and here's the thing when i when i read their response it's like this what if equals fear but even if equals faith in other words like they're saying you know, kind of like if you picture them having this conversation and they're like anxious and they're fearful and, you know, and they're like getting caught up in all the different accusations and all the threats that King Nebuchadnezzar was throwing against them. And they're, you know, having this little conversation. What? Maybe we should, because what if God doesn't rescue us? And what if it doesn't go the way we want? And all these different things. What if equals fear But these men of God, these men of faith, they had an even if faith. They said, you know what? We hear your threats. We understand what you're saying. We're not deaf. We understand. We hear what you're saying. We hear your threats. We see that you're trying to intimidate us. We see that you're trying to back us into a corner. We see that you're trying to bully us. But we are choosing to stand firm and immovable and resolute in our faith and say, even if our God doesn't, we will choose to serve our God and stand in faith. May it be said of us that we stood our ground with our shields of faith raised high. May it be said of us that we walked by faith and not popular opinion. May it be said of us that we had an even if type of faith, not a blab and grab it type of faith, not a politically correct type of faith, but it it is written type of faith. Come on, somebody. It is written type of faith. That's the kind of faith that I want to have. That's the kind of faith that I think as I study the word of God, as I feed my faith, my fears will starve. As I posture myself as I position myself and I stay in the word and I stay close to God and I stay, I stay close to the body of Christ because isolation is the devil's playground. He wants to isolate us. But remember the, the tortoise formation and the body of Christ. Remember that painted picture that, that I gave to you in, in this episode, the power of being together together. It is written type of faith, not a blab and grab it type of faith, not a politically correct type of faith, but it is written type of faith. It is time for us to get back up on our feet, to put on the armor of God and grab a hold of everything that God has for us in this season. If you are feeling a little beat up in your faith, if you're feeling a little battle weary in your faith, you feel like you've been opposed and resisted in your faith and the enemy has just been pushing you around and bullying you into a corner, take up that shield of faith. Raise high your shield of faith that is going to be able to quench the fiery darts that are being aimed at you, that are being directed at you and push him back push him back. Take a stand and stand your ground. Again, it's time to get back up on our feet, ladies, to put on the armor of God and grab hold of everything that God has for us. Lay hold of the promises of God. Put on the garment of praise. Put on courage, put on joy, put on hope, put on peace, put on your identity in Christ and live from the position already given to you through Jesus Christ. Everything that he has already provided for you take up your shield of faith and raise it high. And remember Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, do not forsake the assembling together. When we assemble together, we really are better together. We really are stronger together. We really are encouraged together. We really are more emboldened in our faith together. Don't let the enemy isolate you. Don't take the bait Don't take his bait of being offended by somebody and being distracted and allowing him to cause division in your relationships. Call that out for what it is and raise high your shield of faith and say, not today, devil, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not on my watch. I expose you. I recognize what you're trying to do, and I'm going to take up my shield of faith, and I'm going to take a stand and stand my ground, immovable in my faith. All right. I hope that this was an encouragement for you. Next week, we're going to be looking at the fifth piece of the armor of God, which is the helmet of salvation. But until next week, have a great rest of your week. If you live here in Minnesota this week, we are enjoying uh, some warmer temps. Well, warmer for us anyway. I know that we have people from other places in the country where it's warm all year round and even other places of the world. But it's sunny and blue skies and we are supposed to be in the upper 30s and even breaking into the 40s here this week. So I'm really excited about that. So, OK, have a great your week and I will catch you right back here next time. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you right back here. Same place, same time next week.